Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another very special edition of Ignite Radio Live over the five mighty stations, not just any stations, but mighty stations of Annunciation Radio. Uh, On this beautiful unveiling of summer, we hope that as uh, you are listening to us right now, that you're experiencing an anointing, you're experiencing God's grace, that uh, we know our schedules tend to never stop. Uh, And, you know, anybody who schedules, you always look right for the good time, the good week, and it never seems to happen. But I hope that there's a change of rhythm. I hope that with the end of the school year, even if you don't have children, there's that it's marking a kind of um, new openness to an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, we've been talking about this for the last few weeks because all the books that talk about the growth of our Catholic Church and our faith, all the books that show the challenges, 75% gone, right? Uh, those who call themselves Catholic do not attend Mass. Only 13% pray before meals. For a lot of you, Greg, you keep saying these stats. Well, well, let's keep saying them until it's old news, right? But all of them recognize there has to be what Pope Benedict pronounced, this relationship with Jesus Christ at the heart of ritual, this relationship at the heart of religion. And if we're really honest, what does that really mean? I mean, this is terminology for many of us Catholics that, you know, we hear the popes speak of it, especially the last few popes. Um, but what do we understand it? You know, do we understand that word relationship in the same way that we would say our spouse or a best friend? You know, does that inform the way we think about God and the way we connect with God? Um, And it opens up a door, really, for us, hopefully a whole new possibility of not only our being filled with the Holy Spirit, but it overflowing to those around us. So, we're delighted to have you here with us tonight because in a few short moments, you're going to hear a very powerful talk from Caroline Gambali Dirks. Uh, It was shared a few short weeks ago at our Ignite Praying with Fire conference. She's a young woman, a mother of, I think they have, what, three children? I think four. Okay, we'll go with four children. Um, Her husband led the worship that night. They're very orthodox, solid Catholics who speak around the country on this theme of being open to the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And this next part is key to open to the fullness of the Holy Spirit in the fullness of our Catholic faith. And to see, they're seeing this as we're seeing this, those who are, if you will, being baptized in the Holy Spirit, not just, this is not a sacrament, it's not baptism or confirmation, but it's fanning the flame of the sacramental grace. It's taking that grace that's inside of us and stirring it up and making it active and alive. So they speak about this, and Caroline's talk that you're going to hear very shortly is pretty powerful because she had great skepticism. Like many of us, she was a faithful Catholic, had skepticism about this idea of the Holy Spirit and this relationship with Jesus Christ and how do we live it, and I think it was a very it was very well received that particular night. Um, we also want to inform you or encourage you as you look to this summer, we know it's two months away, we want to strongly encourage you to come to an awesome event we call Ignite Catholic <laughs> Family Festival. I put you on the spot for that, sorry. <laughs> Why don't you invite our listeners, tell us what that's about. Well, on August 13th, out at Holy Trinity Parish in Swanton, we are having our second annual huge Catholic family reunion. It's going to be awesome. We want to thank again Father Dan Duran and the wonderful parish community of Holy Trinity for welcoming welcoming us back um, to their beautiful, beautiful grounds and beautiful, beautiful church. Um, But it is a day 
of celebrating family in our Catholic faith. So there's going to be plenty of opportunities to grow together as a family. Um, Both when we say family, we mean those people who have children under the roof um, and those people who come in singles or just married couples or empty nesters or whoever, just parish community family. So there'll be opportunities to do um, some group things. We'll, we'll have men's group, women's group, teens, middle schoolers, um, just awesome talks fun activities, a great meal together, and it will. there'll be a concert from Connor Flanagan, who you'll hear from in a little bit also during this show. And, um, and the best part of the day is just the outdoor Ignite, which will conclude the evening um, in the presence of our Lord, praying together, celebrating all the gifts that we've been given. And people don't understand this. We need to say it because some folks have stated, I don't want to pay to pray. Got it, right? You can pray at any time. But it's also the argument of why go to Mass or go to church? I can pray on my own before Jesus. Well, it's true, but God gives us these contexts like a church, like a conference, like an event um, that, you know, requires sustainability. And I'll say 75% of the costs associated with this, we're seeking to raise the money for that ourselves. Um, and I'm so blessed by our team, honestly, this last this past week, sitting down with our team that meets every two weeks, and they say, you know, Greg, we're going to do everything we can because we just got to get these prices down to make it possible for people to come. And they themselves, right there, said, what are we doing to dig deep? We believe that this is transformative. We believe this is transforming marriages and parishes and families. And they just honestly said, what are we here personally doing to make a difference? And I have to tell you, I was so moved that this group of people said, we're going to make it possible to reduce the ticket costs, some of the ticket prices, by up to 30-40%, particularly this week. So as you're hearing this right now, benefit from that. Go to ignitefamily.eventbrite.com and uh, sign up now at a very special ticket price. It's It's going, going, not gone, but going, going. And uh, so again, Ignite Family at eventbrite.com and sign up right now. So can I go off on a little tangent for a moment? Of course you can. Thanks. Um, So I just want to encourage our listeners, something that always strikes me, because as you talked about, Greg, at the beginning, in the opening of this program, just summer is upon us, right? Schools are out. Um, Even if you don't have children, there's just a different sense during summertime, right? And so often we use, and I include myself in the we, um, as an excuse not to dig deeper into our spirit, personal spiritual lives of personal prayer time, of extra opportunities to grow more deeply in love with our Lord. We use time. It's so busy. We have this activity or this is going on or that is going on. And then when summer is upon us, really and truly, there's a different sense of time and how many of us fail miserably we just get lazy in that, right? You know, just we've been given this gift of extra time for many of us in the summer, a different feel or different beginning, and yet we don't take advantage of that gift to go uh, to, pardon me, um, commit to more personal prayer time, to dig deeper into spending time with our Lord in Scripture, to hit that adoration chapel or just make a church visit in front of the Blessed Sacrament in the Tabernacle, to gather our families. And I guess that's where I want to go with this too, is personal, personal, personal relationship comes first. And then our spouse, our family, our parish family, whatever that is for each of you, 
We need to commit to it. We need to get it on our calendars, which we say over and over again. But we really encourage you to use this summertime to commit to doing the Live It Gathering Guide. So go to massimpact.us and give it a shot. There's a gathering guide there. You don't have to do the whole thing line by line by line, page by page. Make it your own. That's the big thing. But the beauty, there are so many graces that have been shared with us that have come through it in different parish groups and families and individuals um, who've pulled people together. But just to spend time with scripture for the upcoming Sunday readings, to process, to grow together, to share different needs in that small group of um, different struggles or joys, but just to hold each other in prayer in that way. So that's my little tangent. Commit, commit, commit during this gift of time in the summer to more time in prayer with the Lord and gathering together, whether it's your family or parish family or friends or your neighbors, gather some neighbors together and commit to gathering weekly to do the Live It Gathering Guide. Again, massimpact.us. Awesome, Steph. So recap, ignitefamily.eventbrite.com is where you can go right now to register for this event. Very special price this week. Go there now, ignitefamily.eventbrite.com. Number two, make a commitment to gather your family together to talk and pray. Put that flag in the sand in your home and let God take territory. The testimonies of those who are doing this are, it sounds like over-the-top Greg speak. No, but it's stunning. It is truly stunning what we're hearing from people who are actually taking the step beyond just being convicted about this but to actually making the commitment and doing it. We invite you to join us. It is making a huge difference. In fact, next week or probably two weeks from now, we're going to share the results of a survey of those who are doing this and the impact that it's having in their life. It's, it really is quite remarkable. With no further ado, we give you Caroline Gambali dirks in a talk called New Life. In the following talk, dynamic speaker Caroline Gambali Dirks shares her personal journey of overcoming real reservations, doubts, and fears to life in Jesus Christ. She invites us to surrender to the power of the Holy Spirit in the fullness of our Catholic faith. This presentation took place at the first ever Ignite Praying with Fire conference. This is an integral part of a Catholic movement called Mass Impact. We are uniting Catholic believers in personal, family, and parish discipleship. For more information and to become a kingdom builder, join us right now at massimpact.us. More than a moment, a movement. It's great to be here. So Dan and I are from where we live right now in New Jersey. So we've come a long ways. And Dan is originally from Ann Arbor area, and I'm originally from Brooklyn, which, isn't, which is like New Jersey, right? But it is different. Trust me. If you, need, you meet someone from Brooklyn, you'll never forget them. All right. So you see. Amen, right? Amen. All right. Um, how many of you have seen It's a Wonderful Life? Okay, awesome. All right. And you'd think that everybody has seen it, but I do this around the country, and I always have a few people who have never seen it, especially young people. So I'm going to just show you a clip from It's a Wonderful Life because it's just such a great movie, and I'm going to talk about it. Zozo, Zozo, my little ginger snap, how do you feel? Fine. Not a smidge of temperature. Not a smidge of temperature. <laughs> All right, this is such a great movie. This is a beautiful scene, right? 
And for those that you haven't seen it, um, you know, George is a really good, good man. You know, he's faithful to his father. He's faithful to his family. And his father owns this business and loan, and he doesn't like it. He wants to travel the world. He has big dreams for himself. And, but his father, when he was just about to, like, embark on this big, like, exciting journey, his father has a massive heart attack. So being the great guy that George is and the faithful son, he takes over the business to support his family. And he, um, and what happens, he has an enemy, Mr. Potter. And Mr. Potter, because he wants control over the whole town, he wants to get that business alone. He wants to have complete control. So he sets um, George up and frames him for, like, stealing money from the bank. So George felt like my, my life is worth better, my, my life is worth better more dead than alive. So he goes to um, a bridge, and he's about to jump, but God has different plans, right? God sends him a very interesting, quirky angel named Clarence, right? And Clarence jumps into the water, George, because he knew George would save him. And he says, I wish I had never been born. And God grants that request. And George sees what his life would have been, what other people's lives would have been like without him being in the world. And he sees his, like, mother just, like, you know, widowed and, and upset and, and, you know, his, her, um, his brother died when, because he's the one that saved him when he was young. And his wife that he, she never married. And, and you know, at the, when you, we got to the point in the, in, the, in the clip, he was saying, I want my life back, you know? And God gives him the gift of new life, right? And everything changes. You know, it's funny because his circumstance doesn't change. He's still going to jail. He still is in, in big trouble, right? He's still in his drafty house, but something has changed in his heart. God has, gave him the ability to see his life the way God sees it. And he's filled with joy and peace and understanding. And that's what God wants to do for us today. See, God wants to bless us. God wants to fill us with new life. Now, at some point of our lives, many of us have had that George moment on the bridge where we've cried out to God, God, where are you? God, I need you. God, I want more of you. And the fact that you're here tells me that God wants to do something because you wouldn't be here if God did not want you here. God wants to bless you. God wants to fill you and your children, your families with the Holy Spirit in a new way. God wants to give us this new life. So why does God want to do this, all right? It says in Scripture, I came that they might have life and have it in abundance. All right, see, God, it's just not enough to give you new life. God wants to give you an abundance of life, an abundance of peace, an abundance of freedom, an abundance of joy. See, we have a big God, right? And, and there's a Scripture that says, you know, you who know how to give good gifts to your children, God wants to give you more. God wants to give you the Holy Spirit. If you ask. So God is saying, like, I want to pour out my love on you. I want to pour out something in a new way. So, um, so how does God give us this new life, you know? And it's through the Holy Spirit. Now, a lot of us, you know, I know growing up, I could not understand who this Holy Spirit was. It was just a weird thing. I understood father, right? Father's easy. You have a father, right? So it's easy to imagine what a father looked like. Son, that was easy, but this Holy Spirit, right? So we have these weird images. One of is of a dove, you know, which is hard to relate to. You might like pets and you might like birds, but it's still a weird thing to relate to. Another one is this, this image of flames above the apostles' heads, all right? Um, 
a little, again, hard to relate to because many of us have never seen fire over people's heads, right? Maybe we almost did here, but <laughs> thank God we didn't today. And then we have this Holy Spirit, you know, this Holy Ghost, you know, and, and all of these images are weird and they're hard to like understand. And that was the same for the apostles. See, the apostles were like, like Jesus said, I have to go and send you my Holy Spirit to help you, you know, because the, the apostles were like, we don't really need this right? You are Jesus Christ. You are the son of God. You are enough. Why do we need this Holy Spirit in our lives, right? And so, but God, Jesus explains that the Holy Spirit is our advocate, our helper. Now, I don't know about you, but if you haven't looked at, we live in a crazy world, amen? Really, and it's getting crazier by the day, right? God knows we needed help. We need the advocate. We need the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit so we could do God's will. We need the Holy Spirit so we can even get through the day. We need the Holy Spirit for so many reasons. And God's like, I love you more than you could ever imagine. But I know you think I am, you know, I'm everything and he is everything because he's part of the Trinity. But I'm going to send you the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, because you need a helper. You need something in addition to me. So, um, so trying to live our faith without the Holy Spirit is like trying to drive a car without gas, right? Even if you could get your car to the top of the hill and you let like momentum take your car down, you still wouldn't be able to like turn the wheel, right? It's really hard to turn a wheel of a car if there's, if you're not moving, if you're not in motion, if you don't have fuel. And so the Holy Spirit is the fuel for our faith. So what is, why do we need this fuel? In the Bible, it says you receive power when the Holy Spirit comes to you. So we need the power to help overcome sin, to be courageous to do God's will, to heal people in a supernatural way, to be an instrument of God, to forgive someone that's hurt us, to share our faith with others, to have hope when we're going through difficult times. Sorry, wrong one. Okay, there we go. <laughs> um, in Acts 2, it says, when the time for Pentecost was fulfilled, they were all in one place together. And suddenly there came from the sky a noise like a strong driving wind. And it filled the entire house in which they were. When, then there appeared to them tongues as of fire, which parted and came to rest on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Can you imagine yourself being in the upper room? And being here, just like we're gathered with a group of people. And all of a sudden, you hear a wind that sounds like a train is coming. And you're looking around like, what is going on? And all of a sudden, tongues of fire fill the room, like we saw. And it parted and rested on each person. Wow. They were amazed. They were frightened. They were excited. It was like an amazing moment. And, and something happened when that happened. It says in Luke 12, 49, which um, Dan just referred to, I have come to bring a fire on earth and how I wish it was already blazing. See, the interesting thing about fire is fire transforms whatever it touches, right? If, you, if fire touches wood, it turns to ash. If fire touches water, it turns to vapor. If it, tur if it touches ice, it turns to water. It transforms. And what happened in that upper room is when the fire of God the fire of God, who is the Holy Spirit, who is the love of God, came and rested on the apostles. They were changed. 
right? Peter, a few weeks back, was like afraid, right? He was cowering. When they said, you, do you know Jesus? You, aren't you one of his friends? What did Peter say? Uh-uh, I don't know him. Because he was afraid. But when it, what happened in the upper room, when he was touched by the Holy Spirit, this fearful Peter now becomes transformed. And he goes out and starts preaching the gospel, even to the point where he was threatened that he would be whipped and scourged, and he didn't care. He just went back right out, you know, because he was a new Peter. The Holy Spirit makes us new. The Holy Spirit fills us with the love of God. You know, and that's the thing. I, you know, St. Maximilian Kolbe said, the love between the Father and the Son is so powerful that it's a third person of the Trinity. That love is, is, is manifested in the Holy Spirit. And it makes sense because I gave you that list before. It's God's love that frees us from sin. It's God's love that, that helps us to be courageous to do God's work to preach the gospel. It's God's love that enables us to forgive someone. It's God's love that helps us in the midst of trials, right? It's only, only God's love can do that. That's the more that the Lord wants to give us. That's the more. You know, I grew up, like I told you, I, I was born in Brooklyn, and I was raised in Staten Island, which is like over a bridge. And yeah, it was an interesting place, Brooklyn. It's not an easy place to grow up, okay? And um, when I was young, you know, my parents went to church. I, I definitely had a faith in God. I prayed every day. My parents, you know, definitely were churchgoers. They weren't like super-duper Catholics. Like, I didn't hear anything about the Pope. I really knew not a lot about theology, but they were faithful. And when I was young, I did have a very close relationship with God. It just was a gift that God had given me. My grandmother had a, had a very big role in this when I was little, taught me the rosary, and definitely was a beautiful example of faith, and definitely touched my heart. So, you know, when I was growing up, I wasn't really, you know, extraordinary at anything. I was a pretty ordinary person. I wasn't really great at sports. I wasn't really great in school. I was just as ordinary as ordinary can get. But the only thing extraordinary thing about me was my faith in Jesus. Now, that works maybe in Catholic school, but when you're in public school, that does not help you to make friends, right? There's no place in the yearbook that, you know, there's like a place that says, you know, most popular, most likely to succeed, but no place like most likely to become a nun. If that's where you're at, you're in trouble, all right? So that's what it was like. I had this faith in God. I had this, this purity of heart, but I was trying to live this in the midst of this, like, public school life. Um, and when I was little, even though I couldn't do anything extraordinary, I felt like I was called to something big. It's just like it wasn't working out. Like, I was like, everything I tried to do was just didn't work out. But I knew in my heart, I said, I felt like God had given me a calling. I felt like I was called to do something that was going to, um, that was big, you know? So, um, so as the years went on and I got into like junior high, you know, I was like tired of not fitting in. I was tired. I was like the good kid, but like it was hard people, you know, people were pretty difficult, um, you know, making fun of me, different things. And so in my eighth and ninth grade year, I, I made a decision, like a real decision to just try to fit in. Okay. And so what I would do in high school is I would just basically live a double life. Like, I would go to church, I was a lector, I taught CCD, and then I would still, like, party on the weekends and do different things like that, all right? So this is how my week would look. So Sunday, I would lecture at my church, and Wednesday, I would teach CCD. Friday, I would go out, party and everything, and then Saturday morning, I'd go to confession. And I would just do that over and over again. You know, there was a fear in me when I was little 
um, I, I was really afraid. If I follow God, God's going to call me to be a nun or a missionary in Africa. So I was like, you know, I just didn't want to give that much to God. Like, I was like, if I keep, like, this is what I figure. I was like, listen, if I drink a little, you know, God's not going to call me to be a nun because he won't want a drunk nun. So maybe I'll, like, you know, scooch into, into purgatory, but at least, you know, I, I, you know, that was my way of thinking, you know. I didn't want to be so bad that I would, you know, go to hell, but I didn't want to be so good that God might ask me to be a nun. So I figure this is, like, my safety right there. So, um... But that went on, and as that was going on, I was going, you know, got my junior and senior of high school, I, and even my freshman year of college, I started feeling an emptiness. You know, it's like, when I got into college, I had it all. I didn't go, I went to Franciscan University later on, but I, first, I went to another school, another Catholic school before that. And I, I remember feeling this emptiness, and I was in the honors program, and I had a boyfriend, and I was a partier, and I had everything you would want at 18 or 19 years old. But I felt this emptiness. And what a blessing that at that age I was even able to realize I was empty. That was a grace that God gave me. And, I, I, you know, I remember there's got to be more to life than this. Now, who, how many of you have seen the movie um, God is Not Dead? Okay. Good movie, right? Like a lot of, there's a lot of people. So that's what happened at, at this school, this Catholic school. I, I had a, there was a philosophy teacher that taught that God was not real. And so, you know, students were losing their faith, and I started really questioning, how do I know that Jesus Christ is real? How do I know that Buddhism isn't real or Hinduism isn't real? How do I know that Catholicism is the real deal? And I went into this, like, place of, like, real, like, um, anguish. And I remember coming home from my freshman year of college, and I went into my room, and I just had that heart-to-heart with God, what you saw on the video like what George did, I cried out to God from the depths of my being. And I said, God, I looked up, I said, God, I was crying. I don't know if you're real, but if you're real, um, and, and I will do anything for you if you show me that you love me. If you want me to be a nun, I'll be a nun. If you want me to be a missionary, I'll be a missionary. I don't care anymore. I just need to know you're real, and I give it all to you. And I, I truly meant that. I mean, I was a passionate New York Italian girl, okay? If I was going to party, I was going to do that. And if I was going to give my life to Jesus, it was at the point where I was like, I'm going to go all in, you know? And, and that day, God did something. You know, how many of you have children? Raise your hand. Okay. Have you ever been in, that, in, that, uh, in, in a place, like a mall, or a, a, it's like a crowded, crowded place, a concert, where, you know, you, there's like lots of noise, but you can hear the cry of your child. Have you had that experience? Like you recognize the cry, the cry of your child over all the other noises. Something like that happened to me. I was speaking at a conference. It was like 3,000 people there. And as I was speaking, I heard my son Danny cry. And as a mother, I was like talking and I was like, you know, it was really hard. I felt so conflicted because everything in me went to my son. And the Father is the same way. When we cry out to God and say, God, I need you. I need you. God can't help but answer that prayer because he loves us, because he wants to give us this new life, because he has mercy on us. So at that moment, a lot changed. You know, things started, God started moving things into place for me to find him. One of the things is um, when I was... uh, when I was in high school, there was a couple that was in a marriage encounter, and they taught at my Catholic high school Christian marriage course, okay? So they were a beautiful example of Christian marriage, and, and they were people I got really close with. 
when, when, I was, when I came back home, I ran into them. And they say, hey, you know, come over to our house for dinner. I'm like, oh, okay, you know, that's great. So I went, went to their house for dinner. And they were like, Caroline, let me tell you something. She goes, the, the first day we kissed was on our wedding night. I was like, oh, wow, that's good for you guys. I'm like, who are these people? The first day you ever kiss? And then they were engaged for like years. I'm like, is on your wedding night? These people got something I don't have. I don't know what, what, what this is. You know, if you're a young person, that really gets your attention. And I could, they could probably tell I was, I was struggling. And they're like, hey, listen, there's this parish mission coming. And we really think you should go. So I'm like, oh, all right, you know, parish mission. Now, you got to remember, like, where I was at this point. I just got home from college. Everybody is partying. You know, everyone is getting into, you know, uh, bars and everything. My hair was short on one side, long on the other, three different colors because I was, like, into punk rock. All right, now they're asking me to go to this mission, okay? So I was like, oh, my gosh, mission, you know? But I, like, they were nice people. So I went the first night. I went the second night. But the third night was confession. I'm like, there's no way. No way. I go, you know what? The priest is going to faint. It's going to be on my soul if he dies or something because of my sins. I'm not, I'm not dealing with that, you know. So this girl, Pat, the woman, Pat, goes, listen, I'll make a deal with you. Just go to the, the mission, but don't go to the sacrament. Oh, I, I could do that. You know, I could listen to the priest, you know. So, like, I'm a punk, so I'm only in the back of the church. I have my, you know, arms crossed like this. And the priest is like, you know, talking. And he says, you know when you're little, you're so afraid to go to confession that you make up sins? You're like, bless me, Father, five sin. I, I, I know I hit my brother. And you don't even have a brother. But you're so afraid that you start making stuff up. I was like, yes, I, I, I know that. I think, I, I think I've confessed all kinds of things, like adultery and all kinds of stuff when I was little, not knowing what I was doing. And he's like, but when you're, when you're an adult... You know, you, you know that that is Jesus in that priest. And it's him that's forgiving you. And this is a sacrament of mercy. And when this priest said that, I was just, my heart was like, all right, I got to go. And so I went. I went to confession. It's a long story. But um, on my way to confession, there was this girl in front of me. And she was holy. Okay, light was coming from them, down from heaven upon her. It's like, Allah! you know, I'm like, wow, she's praying. This girl in front of me, you know. So I was, like, stressed because it was, like, an hour-long line. And I was, like, oh, my gosh. What am I going to say? This priest, I'm nervous, nervous. So I'm, like, Jesus, help this girl to stop praying. I need to talk to her. I need to, like, pass the time, you know? So finally she stops praying. And I'm, like, hi, my name is Caroline. This is a weird thing to do on confession, right? So we start talking. And she's, like, hey, listen, I, I belong to this prayer group. You know, you really should go. She gives me her number. I, I give her my number. And then it's my turn to go to confession. So I go in and I just pour everything out. Like I just, I just confess everything that I was struggling with, everything that I was, addictive sins, all kinds of different things. And when I left, I remember the thought that went through my mind was, Satan, you're out of my life. It's like I never thought about Satan in my life until that moment, but there was something in me that understood I was not free. But at this moment, that the sacrament of reconciliation freed me. And I think God did that because he wanted me to get, be empty to pour out his new life in me. I needed to give up some of these things that were in the way. So what happened was that girl online calls me up and invites me to a prayer group. Now, all right, prayer group was weird, all right? It's like there are people like raising their hands and they're praying and singing. I'm like, wow, what are these people on? I mean, are they on drugs? Are they, what is this, you know? They were happy, all right? They were happy Catholics. I've never seen anything like it. And um, 
And I was there, and they were so excited that I was there because I, I brought my friend Lauren with me. And she, so they were like young blood. They were like, oh, how are you? In, in New York, you don't hug people you don't know. They're all hugging me. I'm like, okay, you know, like leave some room, you know? Like, you know, they were all very excited, all right? So as I was sitting there and I was like in this prayer group, you know, they were, I just like, they started talking about Jesus, about how, you know, they were, they were praying over this girl in Medjugorje and this, and this child couldn't see. And then when they prayed over her, she was able to see. And they were talking about how God spoke to them. And I went, I want that God. In my heart, I was like, Lord, I want that. I want to know you like this. The Jesus I know is like, seems far off, but I want to know this God. And what happened was, um, they started having these prayer teams, all right? And they said, it was a Catholic thing, and someone came up and says, listen, you know, if anyone wants prayer, come to the back of the church. So I was like, oh, you know, I need prayer. This is good, you know, I'll do that. So I started going online. And then I saw something that didn't quite sit well with me. People went from the vertical position to the horizontal position, all right? And now I'm like, oh my gosh, I joined a cult. I'm like, I gotta get out of here. This is crazy, right? So I start to like kind of look at the door and start heading out the door. And that girl, Michelle, comes over to me and she goes, are you okay? I'm like, no, I'm not okay. Man down, call 911. Why are we acting like this is okay? This is not okay. Okay, not okay. She's like, well, that's the Holy Spirit. But God, you know, God knows your heart. He's not gonna let anything happen to you that's, that's you're not open to. Or I was like, I, I didn't buy it. You know, I'm from New York, I'm a skeptic. I'm not gonna, yeah, you're right, yeah, right. This, I see people on the floor. So my friend Lauren goes, listen, I'm of good German stock. I could take on the little Italian ladies. I'll go first. When they try to push me down, I'll like fight them off. I won't let them push me down. And then when it's your turn, you don't have to be afraid. Oh, I was, this was a great idea. Let go to the Italian ladies, Lauren. Go, go, right? So they, she goes and they pray over her. And so I'm watching, you know, whatever. Guess what happens to Lauren? She rests in the spirit. She gets filled with the Holy Spirit so intensely that she falls on the floor. Someone picked her, caught her, whatever. And now I'm like, thanks a lot, Lauren. So I want to kick her as I'm like stepping over. I'm like, thanks a lot, Lauren. That, that did not help me, right? And then it was my turn to be prayed with. So I really want the Holy Spirit, but I don't want to fall. So I have, so this is me. So I'm like, I get into this crouch position. I was like, there is no way these little Italian ladies are going to knock me down. I, I know this is, you know, so I get into this position. I have my hands open and I'm like, come Holy Spirit. Don't let me fall. God, I love you. Don't let me fall. Don't let me fall. Don't let me fall. But I'm trying to be open. Like, I really want this. All right. So what happens is I just feel this incredible sense of peace, this incredible sense of love. And I actually did, it's called resting in the spirit. Someone caught me, you know, it was, it was very beautiful. And I remember just being like, wow, you know, like at this point, it's like I knew that God was real. Just like St. Paul was knocked off his horse. It's like I had that same moment where I was just like, wow, God, you're real. You are the Lord. You are Jesus Christ. And I experienced this Holy Spirit, this love of God. And after that, when I got up, someone goes, today's your new birthday. I have no idea what they're talking about. I'm like, happy birthday to me. What are you talking about? It's like your life has changed. And I felt like how George felt. I was so filled with joy. I was so filled with love for people. I mean, I used to like commute, even though I was young, I had an internship in New York City. You know, the Staten Island Ferry, you don't look at, you don't even give eye contact on the Staten Island Ferry. You can get killed. You know, there was a guy with a machete once. You do not look at people. I was like, I love you. I loved everybody. It was ridiculous. I loved the smog. It was, it was sick. All right. So 
I, I was just, but I couldn't, it was like this love that filled my heart. I just wanted to live for God. I wanted everyone to know about God. I wanted to change my life. I wasn't living purity. I wasn't living, you know, um, uh, what I, what I, you know, I was drinking, you know, it's different things. And now I wanted to live for him. I wanted to live for him. And, um, you know, after that, just two seconds, I know we have a time thing, but scripture became alive for me. I would open up the Bible. It's just, it's just, the word of God was not alive for me. It, it's the living word. But when I had this experience of new life, when I would open the Bible, God would speak to my heart, pierce my heart, direct my life. My prayer changed. Instead of being me-centered, it was God-centered. Um, you know, I, I, I could hear God. I could hear God leading me. I received gifts of the Holy Spirit that Dan will explain more, more later, but, you know, gifts that really, like, I was able to be an instrument of, of helping people in, in ways I would never imagine. You know, my life was changed. And, you know, through that, after years, you know, I started, uh, you know, being, um, went on net ministries. Um, I went to Franciscan University, uh, graduated there with a theology degree. And then, like, God just opened doors of being a diocesan director and working for a life team, national life team, and going around the country and speaking around the country in Canada. And it was all because one day I said, God, I don't know if you're real, but if you're real and you show me you love me, I will give my life to you. God wants to fill you with his Holy Spirit. Whether you're five years old or you're 85 years old, God wants to do something new. And if we're open. So I'm just going to lead us into just a little prayer. Um, and we're just going to, you know, invite you to give God permission. Um, Cardinal O'Connor, you know, when he became a bishop, he, was, he, he ran into Mother Teresa. And he talked to her. And he says, well, you know, what, what, what advice do you have for me? And she said, give God permission. Give God permission. So let's close our eyes right now and just, you know, picture Jesus, picture his face, picture his eyes looking at you with so much love. He has called you here. He has called you despite your sinfulness, despite your weakness, he has called you and he loves you. And at this moment, give God permission. Say, God, I give you permission to do whatever you want today. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Fill me in a new way. Give me more peace, more joy, more gifts of your Spirit. Use me as your instrument. And if you have any fear at this point, just like, just give that to Jesus. Jesus, I, I ask you for your, for your Holy Spirit, Lord, just move in a new way in us this day, God. That you would fill us with the fire of your love and do a new thing in our life, in our family. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Caroline. So what Caroline spoke about was her encounter with the living God, right? Her encounter with the living God. Pope Benedict, he said, Christianity is not 
a new philosophy. Christianity is not conforming yourselves to a moral code. But then he went on and he said, one is only Christian if they encounter the living God. That we are only Christian if we encounter Jesus Christ in a transformative way. We are only Christian if we encounter the Holy Spirit. And I feel like so many Catholics have been sacramentalized and they've, they've encountered the sacramental presence of Christ, but they've never allowed that encounter to be internalized in a transformative way. And, and that experience that, that God gave Caroline isn't something that he wants to give to one person, but in the upper room, all were filled, right? He wants all to experience that. And not just all here, but he's aching for all in the world to encounter the living God. And so we're going to fill ourselves with food uh, for supper, and then later we're going to fill ourselves with the Holy Spirit, um, my two favorite things in the world. And, um, but, but just know that what, what she shared about her own testimony, God wants us to be able to share that with everyone, our own personal encounter with him. And it may look different, it may sound different, it may have different externals or different internals, but either way... No matter what, God wants us to be able to say, yes, I've encountered him, and it transformed me radically. And I continue to encounter him day after day, and I know his voice, and I, I see his face. We are uniting Catholic believers in personal, family, and parish discipleship. For more information and to become a kingdom builder, join us right now at massimpact.us. More than a moment, a movement. Listen up. All the recent popes have asked us to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. What's that? It's not a new sacrament, but to invite the Holy Spirit to stir up sacramental grace already inside of us. He desires to work powerfully in our lives and through us to transform the world around us. If this speaks to you, join us for the next Ablaze. Find out more at setablaze.eventbrite.com. Brought to you by Mass Impact. You know, Mass Impact and Ignite has been going across the Northwest Ohio now for, for months, and, and thousands of people, literally thousands of people in our diocese have experienced that love. We believe that he said what he meant and meant what he said when he proclaimed that his body is real food and his blood is real drink. Simply put, Mass Impact is a nonprofit movement seeking the heart of God in the very heart of his Catholic Church. Uh, people just keep kept coming and coming. Not just in a moment, but, but to surrender their entire lives. We desire our hearts to be moved by what moves His. And to see that happening monthly. We are responding to an urgent call in an urgent time. The recent popes, John Paul said, now's the time. This is the moment. We are taking big steps in faith throughout our diocese and beyond. I want to buckle my chin strap and take the field. And we are seeing tremendous growth. I mean, I'm just roused and emboldened to mission, to do something. We cannot do it alone. We need you right now. Please partner with us. Go to massimpact.us right now and click on the Contribute tab. If you and I respond in faith right now, we will see souls in heaven who would not have been there had we said no. It was nothing short of amazing. Does it have that same kind of effect on you? Please go to massimpact.us 
and contribute. It's time to move. Hey people, listen up. Right now you need to drop everything and come down to this awesome big Catholic family reunion. We're hearing inspiring music, amazing speakers, playing some fun games, spending time with some of your favorite people on the planet. It closes with an awesome, uplifting outdoor ignite. Nah, you didn't miss it. We are your church. And we don't want you to. We pray so mark your calendar right now for August 13th, our second Ignite Catholic Family Festival. For a short time, all tickets are discounted at ignitefamily.eventbrite.com. Brought to you by Mass Impact. More than a moment, a movement. Welcome back to Ignite Radio Live over the five mighty stations of Annunciation Radio. And we are so blessed during this Faith and Music segment to have with us Connor Flanagan. You heard his uh, very awesome song last week. If you want to go and check that out, you can go to AnnunciationRadio.com and click on the podcast link to get our old program. It really is a very moving song. He shared with us that uh, was taken from his, um, you know, his faith experience, particularly the Memorare, his love for our Blessed Mother. And I really encourage you to check that song out. So we're also promoting uh, Connor, who's going to be at our Ignite Catholic Family Festival. So very short time only. We have a great discount for this awesome family reunion event taking place August 13th. And right now I'm going to tell you where you can go to get those discount tickets. Go to ignitefamily.eventbrite.com. Ignitefamily.eventbrite.com. So how are you doing tonight, Connor? I'm doing well. How are you? Awesome. It's great to have you with us again. So share with us that last week, such an awesome song. Share with us a little bit of a story behind the song you're going to share this week. Uh, so this week, I would love to share with you guys a song called Close to You, and it is the title track off my last album. The title of the album is called Close to You. And this album came kind of, or this song came about at the end of the writing process. I had kind of this collection of songs that I had written, and there was this theme of longing uh, throughout all of them. And, and, you know, some of the songs were all about places I had been searched for the Lord. Others had been about ways I'd experienced the Lord. But there's this, this, this theme of longing and desire of wanting to constantly be, be closer to the Lord. And, um, and so I was like, all right, now I need to wrap this up into a title track for the album. And um, I stumbled upon this verse, Acts 4.13, which I encourage all of you to listen or to go look it up, because it just talks about uh, not having all the answers and just longing to be close to Jesus and how that's really what matters at the end of the day and, and not being the most educated or, or having it all together, but if, if our hearts are in a place where we're desiring Christ. And so this song is kind of my cry. You'll hear that in the first couple lines, you know, Lord, just me crying out to Him, where are you? I long to see you. I long to be close to you. Um, and so it's a it's another uh, favorite song of mine to play live, uh, specifically just acoustically. I think it's got a great vibe to it. So awesome! And what a theme we can all relate to, right? Saint Augustine's famous quote: "Our hearts are restless until they rest in Thee, O Lord." Just that longing um, that the Lord desires to fill here on earth, but will not be completed until heaven. Beautiful, beautiful thoughts. Absolutely. And so here is Connor Flanagan's "Close to." are you? Where are you now? Who are you? Where are you now? Yes, I
We are going to conclude tonight as we so look forward to doing each episode in prayer together with requests that you guys have posted that we join in lifting our hearts with you. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Justin prays for his family, Lord, and all of their intentions to be strengthened in love. Donna, we join in uh, prayer for healing and an end to the hate and particularly the thing going on in Orlando and certainly throughout the world. And Lord Jesus, we just pray in our own hearts uh, that you would uh, transform us and renew us. Uh, Whatever hate or bitterness or contempt may be in us, Lord, that you just purge it from us and replace it with your love. Lord, we join Sister Marilyn Marie lifting up the soul of Kelly for her eternal life and peace and strength and comfort for her family and friends. And we also lift up Sister's Mother um, for her complete healing. We pray with Kathy 
for uh, increase of wisdom and guidance from the Holy Spirit. Lord, we join Robert in lifting up continued healing for Yvonne and for Carrie Gibson's special intention, Lord. Whatever struggles and needs in the moment that they're experiencing, Lord, that you may pour forth your faithfulness upon them. Also for priests uh, who are being reassigned, and let's just, Lord, we lift up all priests. We are so blessed by their yes to you. Make us aware of the unique struggles and challenges they have, and may they know that they have our support, that we have their backs, if you will, that uh, we are so grateful for their yes to you, Lord God. Sustain them in their ministry. And Lord, even just now, as we think of our pastors, um, may we take initiative, even just tonight, to send them a quick note of encouragement, anything we can do, God, for them to know uh, our appreciation for them. Lord, Jackie lifts up victory, a praise, victory in the name of Jesus, for wisdom and guidance of the Holy Spirit for revival in this city, in this country. And Lord, we pray for a revival for all of our priests, that they may just fan that flame within their souls and be on fire completely for you. We lift up Teresa Garcia, who asks for healing, and uh, anybody else right now, Lord, who is uh, seeking particular healing. Sister John Paul, we join her in a prayer for healing of eye and vision, uh, that it be restored. Um, and of course, she joined her in also praying for an end to the hate. Lord, Rita prays for peace, joy, and an open, believing heart for Eric and healing for Nancy. Lord, you are a faithful, good God, and we know your love for each of your children. Be present to them, Lord. May they know your presence. We continue to join Lisa and all the others in the Erie, Pennsylvania, our hometown community, praying for a young man, high schooler, uh, who suffered a serious spine injury last week, uh, wrestling, that you just uh, shower your healing presence upon Ian, Lord, uh, and just unite that community all the more in awareness of your great love. We join Stephen Lorna in praying for Art, who's having surgery for thyroid cancer. We ask for complete healing, and we also join the prayer, Lord God, for their children, for marriage, for your Holy Spirit, Lord, to pour out into their hearts. We claim their family, Lord, for yourself and cast out any demons that keep us, all of us, Lord, from loving each other the way that you intended us to love. Join in the prayer of all my classmates, Pat, uh, Tom, and others, praying for my uh, R1 classmate, Augie, stage 4 cancer, and his family. And, of course, our brother Bob at Little Flower and his entire family, Lord, surround them and him with your healing presence. We do pray for complete healing, Lord, and just for them to have a sense of your abiding presence with them. And lifts up, Lord, for your favor on Nick in regards to a new job and several other important things. May you send your spirit upon him, Lord, to bring clarity and wisdom. We join in Carol's prayer, Lord Jesus, for a friend of hers named Chris, uh, who suffered a, a horrible stroke from a car accident and is in assisted uh, living facility. He's been there for six years. Anybody, Lord, who is in this situation, um, Lord, of disability in a place of uh, needing to depend upon the care of others, the humiliation or humility that that requires, Lord Jesus, we just pray for an outpouring of your Holy Spirit on them. Um, 
that you uh, be with them and that you open our hearts and minds to be present to them, to be your loving presence to them. Paula lifts up Rhonda, Lord, and her family for her husband, Buddy, who lost his courageous battle with cancer this past week. May you greet him in, in eternal rest, Lord, and may you comfort his family. We lift up Martha and her special intention, whatever that may be, Lord. Stephanie lifts up healing for her recent MS diagnosis and for our ministry as well. We ask you to be present, Lord, in your powerful love with all these intentions, all these needs, um, spoken and unspoken for all of our listeners right now, Lord God, um, whatever they may be going through. We just ask you to be with them. And we ask all these things in your holy name, through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for being with us tonight, and we'll see you next week. Hey, people, listen up. Right now, you need to drop everything and come down to this awesome, big Catholic family reunion. We're hearing inspiring music, amazing speakers, playing some fun games, spending time with some of your favorite people on the planet. It closes with an awesome, uplifting outdoor ignite. Nah, you didn't miss it. We are your church. And we don't want you to. We So mark your calendar right now for August 13th, our second Ignite Catholic Family Festival. For a short time, all tickets are discounted at ignitefamily.eventbrite.com. Brought to you by Mass Impact. More than a moment, a movement.